unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I just, I remember looking back at my family and thinking, how could I have brought us here? How could I have done this? The sorrow that I felt and the aloneness that I felt was so extreme. Um, I knew when I walked in, up until that point, I kept thinking, oh, I might get less time. I don't have a, you know, a criminal history or whatever. But I knew when I sit in the front of the room that the judge was going to give me the maximum sentence. I could just feel it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Saints Unscripted. Uh, today, I have Portia with me. I am so excited about this episode because we are going to be talking about Portia's experience as a Latter-day Saint who spent some time in prison. Um, I first discovered you on the Worldwide Unified Facebook page, and I read about your story, and I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is like... This is an incredible like perspective and an experience from a Latter-day Saint. And so we, we just had to have you on the show. So thank you so much for coming. If you want to just introduce yourself and just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and then we can jump right into it. So my name is Portia Lauder and I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I also spent four and a half years in federal prison. Um, I was raised in Utah, lived in a small town when I was younger the oldest of seven children, and um, have been married to my husband, Chad, for 23 years. We have five children and one little grandson who's so cute and amazing. Um, two of our older children are married. And then, um, yeah, I have had a photography business. Um, I work at a treatment center right now, and real estate is what took me to prison. So Okay. So will you tell us a little bit about like what your life was like leading up to prison? Sure. So I got active in the church in my late 20s and I came into the church through the 12-step addiction program. I struggled with drug addiction and was a single mother at the time and reached a point of just total despair really. Um, came home late one night, my son had been waiting for me my mom was really just so disappointed. She really had kind of given up hope. And she said, if this isn't enough for you, I don't know what is. And so that night I went downstairs on the floor. That was the first time that I had ever really prayed to come to know that there was a way out for me. And I just begged God, I said, please give me the strength to be a decent mother here. I, you know, I don't care if I ever feel joy again. I just felt such discouragement about where I was. And my parents were members of the church, and so they told me who the bishop was, who is an LDS counselor. I hadn't been active, but I went across the street and I asked him for help. And I think he was a little bit taken back because I was just like almost throwing up on him. Please help me. I don't know what to do, you know. <laughs> and he said, let me call a friend. So he called someone who got me involved. Back then, it was a really small pilot program, the LDS 12-step program. And that was such a great place for me to begin because I had a lot of insecurities about going to church. Um, I pretty much quit when I was about 13. I just didn't feel like I fit in. Um, and I think that being with other people who were a little further along on the journey, who had been able to overcome this, and 
you know, I remember my first meeting and saying, I just have all these things wrong. I don't know what to do. And the facilitator said, just read your scriptures and say your prayers. And if you do that, I promise your life will change. Put all those big problems aside and just do the simple things day by day. And so that's what I did. And it wasn't easy. It was difficult because I really felt no connection at that point to my father in heaven. But I didn't trust my own thinking anymore. And so I did what I was told to do and the bishop helped me. Um, I started working through the 12 steps and anyone that's struggling with addiction, you know, now I work at a treatment center and I just tell people it's going to get so good, but it's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. If you do these basic things, your life will get so much better. And so after about a year, I remember feeling so much peace and hope and life just looked completely different for me. Um, my husband, Chad, who he served a mission and had just graduated college and we got married. And he um, raised my two children at the time as his own. And we got ready and went to the temple, which to me seemed like an impossible goal. Honestly, at that point in my life, mm -hmm. I was like, it just felt like I was grateful. <laughs> I was so grateful for the life that we had. And we went um, I went to the temple every week. I started a photography business and my business grew and the children grew and and life was good. And um, I think life got really busy for me as I was building a business. And then we started having children. And after we had our first son, Jackson, I had back surgery and I relapsed. And that really took me to um, an insecure place because I had, I mean, I, I fought it. I went to meetings, but I just, I didn't, I really didn't get a handle on it. And then I, we started building a home with the studio in the basement to kind of accommodate the business and found out I was pregnant again. And after I had the second baby, our second baby together, so we had four, I started using prescription drugs again to a much greater extent to where I was really scared. Um, my judgment wasn't good at that point. And I, and I remember thinking, I just need to find a way to get out of being so busy. I'm just too busy, you know, and instead of really looking at maybe I could pull back, maybe I could simplify my life. I decided, well, I'll start investing in real estate. And I remember the first real estate deal that I did that felt wrong to me, you know, um, the person that introduced it to me, I, t I went home and I told my husband, there's no way I would do that. Why would I borrow more money on a house than it's worth? And it just didn't feel right. But, you know, he kept showing me those deals and it seemed like everyone else was doing those deals. And pretty soon it was like, well, this I could make like $200,000. If I could pay off my house, I wouldn't have to work. And it really was just enticing for me to think that mm -hmm. I could do this and this and this and that that would solve my problems. Um, and so I went down that path and the division of real estate, um, the FBI, others started investigating me and ended up um, being sentenced and going to prison. I don't even know if the reality of my situation hit until I sat in the courtroom. I think that was probably the most lonely and painful day of my life. Yeah. Um, to sit in the front of that room and listen I just, I remember looking back at my family and thinking, how could I have brought us here? How could I have done this? The sorrow that I felt and the aloneness that I felt was so extreme. Um, I knew 
when I walked in, up until that point, I kept thinking, oh, I might get less time. I don't have a, you know, a criminal history or whatever. But I knew when I sat in the front of the room that the judge was going to give me the maximum sentence. I could just feel it. And it was, um, it was a life-changing experience. Uh, it took me a few minutes to gather myself together and to pray and ask Heavenly Father to help me. And I felt a comfort and a strength that was greater than my own. I was asked if I wanted to say something on my behalf and I just got up and I apologized. I just said, I, um, I'm so sorry to my family and anyone that I've hurt that I've brought us to this point. And the judge said, okay, well, you know, we're going to give you the seven years sentence, which is what the, what he did. And then he said, and we're going to take you into custody today. And that was not something I was prepared for because I, Typically, somebody that's in the situation I am would be given a little bit of time to get their affairs in order, and then they would self-surrender to a federal prison. And that was probably one of the most sacred experiences of my life, um, because my husband stood up and he pled on my behalf and asked the judge if he said, please give us this time as a family. He said, um, we need it, Your Honor. We have a lot to do together as a family. Please give us this time. And the judge said, I'll give her eight weeks to self-surrender. And um, I remember looking back and thinking that there was, I felt a almost a death of my former self, like the whole world just shifted. But at the same time, I felt a complete knowing that I had everything important standing right there. And it was like this overwhelming uh, amount of gratitude and love. I just knew, I didn't know how it was going to turn out, how we were going to get through it, but I knew that what we had together was so firm and so true that we had a foundation to build on. So that was the beginning um, of a life-changing experience. Um, Chad drove me to Dublin, California eight weeks later. I said goodbye to my children. Extremely painful. The first few weeks in prison, extremely painful. And um, I really had to come to a place of, you can do this, you can do this, you know, <laughs> and it, it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, but God was with me. I knew that. And yeah. I knew, I knew because when I sat in the courtroom, I felt that I knew that I, if I just did my part, that he wouldn't leave me. And so, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you talked about, how God was with you and you talked about coming back to the church after so long. Um, how did your relationship with God change from before prison to after prison? So before I went to prison, so much of my identity was based on being a member of the church. Like I knew the church, I think even as a young girl, when I went inactive, I felt like that's the right road. Someday I'll get there. <laughs> but I just, it was just, seemed like it was too hard to do, you know? Yeah. And so I got to, when I got into prison, and I was kind, the first prison I went to, there were a few members, and we actually had volunteers that came in so I could get priesthood blessings and get that comfort. But a lot of those titles were stripped away. And so um, I really developed a relationship with our Father in Heaven and with my Savior Jesus Christ that are so fundamental to me. They're not based on um, being a member of the church, even though I love the church because it provides power and protection. And, you know, I have a strong testimony of the church, but my relationship with my father in heaven and my savior changed 
completely. Um, I When I would pray often at night, by the end of the night, I was tired and I would just lay there and I felt like I would, it was like my best friend. I'd just reach out. I, I you know, yeah. I worried about my children. Um, I worried about my family. I worried about the women in prison that I grew to love. <laughs> and so I just continued to pray and ask for strength to comfort those and ask for angels to comfort my children and help me find the truth. I really wanted to own my part, where what had got me there. It was very painful for me. I could see that I had made some decisions that had really taken me off the right path. And I just wanted to figure out how to do things right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. So do you wish you could go back to life before prison or are you grateful for the experiences that you had when you were in prison? So that's a really good question. Um, I would never want to go back and be the person I was before I went to prison, which is doesn't make a lot of sense because why would you say I would want to go through this experience? But I look back at myself before and sometimes I offend myself. Just the way I thought, the way I see the world. Um, my, my, my life opened up in prison. You know, I lived with women of all different faiths, different cultures, um, different struggles, challenges that I had no idea that people face. And I came to know who I am and how much our father in heaven loves me and how much he loves everybody and how connected we are. And so I would never want to change this experience. And interestingly, my daughter who is 18, who really struggled because she was 12 when I left, and it's been a challenge for us to rebuild that, told me recently, she said, Mom, it was so hard to have you go, and I, I would be a completely different person if you had stayed, but I'm really grateful I'm the person that I am, and I am too. She is loving and kind. She nannies some kids right now that have some challenges too, that, that similar challenges to what she's had, and she can really be a support to them because of what she's been through. But it's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's only possible through the atonement of Jesus Christ. You know, mm -hmm. I in prison, I would say that all the time. I would say our ending is what matters. We can't mm -hmm. give up. We have to keep going, you know, because yeah. it's either a tragedy or a triumph, depending on if you hold on and if you endure. And so I wouldn't change it, but it was not easy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love that. That's yeah. that's great. So what? What surprised you the very most about prison? That's a good question, too. Um, what surprised me the very most is the beauty of prison. Like, nobody talks about that. Just sitting on a bench next to somebody completely different than you and building this connection and compassion and understanding of somebody else's life. How we, you know, I had this young girl that had no money, nothing. And every morning she would go to the kitchen and she'd get an apple and bring it to me and say, I know you love apples, Miss Portia, here you go. Oh, you know, I mean, yeah. that kind of kindness, um, when somebody was having a hard time, everyone would get together and come up with a way to help them out. You know, that just, that surprised me. Um, it surprised me that there were so many poor people in prison um, who, you know, after a few years I came to realize how fortunate I was and how my experience going to prison was completely different than everybody else's because I had like lawyers and family and all this support. But a lot of people, they go to prison and they have nothing out there, mm -hmm. you know, so that surprised me. Um, I guess the beauty of the experience surprised me. Yeah. Wow. So. That That is so interesting. It's not like lock up raw, <laughs> like everybody expects, you know, yeah. all that. It wasn't right. like that. that. It wasn't is... like that at all. It was just, it yeah. was not like that. 
Wow. So. That is so interesting. Yeah. Um, so what, what caused you to be so open about your experience with prison, which by the way, we're so grateful for Like, oh, this is, this is amazing to hear all this stuff. Yeah. But, I think that the love that I have for the women that I met there, um, I felt such a strong desire to share their stories. <laughs> I really did. I met these women that were so amazing and I'm like, oh my gosh, people just, if they knew what I knew, you know? And I think also in a way, I going through that experience of almost complete death, like a loss and then being able to rebuild my life, I decided that it didn't really matter what anyone else thought, it mattered who I was. And so um, if somebody thought, well, you know, I can't believe she's talking about that, I would think, well, that's okay, because I feel really good yeah. about where I am today, yeah. you know. Um, I think that that was part of it. I, I think also just, I did four and a half years. Imagine how many people go and change your lives. Every day I got up early, I studied my scriptures, I prayed, I read good books. And when you come home from a mission, everybody says, woohoo, good job. <laughs> you come home from prison, everyone's like, oh, so sorry. And I'm like, no, it's this life-changing, amazing experience. Wow. I want to share that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to forget what I learned there and who I became. To me, it's an accomplishment that I'm proud of. You know? Yeah. So that's amazing. And that you were able to just make the most of it and just really grow and and improve yourself and like it was an, an awesome experience that is that is so great as our father in heaven <laughs> our savior <laughs> i'm like i have nothing except for the light that i was blessed with wow sure, so. yeah that is so yeah. amazing i i love your your testimony and just Thank that you. you know this is so inspiring so what advice would you have for people who might have loved ones in prison or who maybe are wondering if God is, is even there for them. Yeah. Well, um, it is the hardest thing before you go to prison. Um, I have people reach out to me often and family members who have people in prison or people who are getting prepared to go to prison or just to know what to do. And I would, I would say, don't feel sorry for people in prison for one, believe in them, believe in them, you know, because that's something that I learned. Um, I don't feel sorry for anyone in prison. I think they're amazing and that they, they taught me a lot. Um, recognize that this is an opportunity. It's a place that's away from the world, from all of these, the craziness of the world. It's time to heal and change. Um, you're gonna feel alone. Our family felt alone and it's difficult. Reach out, look for support, even if it's support group meetings. If anyone wants to, you know, email or message me, I'll write to their family members, write to them, um, stay positive and optimistic. I think that just even letters telling people what life is like at home, like some of my favorite letters were a neighbor reaching out saying, I saw your husband playing baseball today with our daughter. They seem like they're doing really good. Like mm -hmm. that gave me hope. So stay positive and optimistic because you're in prison yeah. sometimes and you're just scared about yeah. what's going on out there. Um, as far as a relationship with God, um, it is such a beautiful thing when you find that, you know, reach out and ask. Um, I don't care what religion you are. Um, we are all connected and there is this, this beautiful connection that takes place in prison and that can take place out here and ask for help. You know, the, the LDS Church is trying right now to come with new uh, resources for family members and people who are struggling. I actually work on a couple of work groups to, to come up with some things to help others. And people, you know, open yourself up and let people in. 
I mean, that's it. Yeah. It blessed our life to be open enough that people could support us. And it's not easy, but it is possible. And it really can transform not just your life, but your family's life. And just don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up on the people you love. Don't give up on yourself. Don't ever give up on your Heavenly Father because something beautiful is always right around the corner. So. Wow, that is so beautiful. I oh, couldn't thanks. have said that better myself. Thank you so much. You're, this was so wonderful to have you oh, here today. You so much. inspiring. And thank you again for coming. This, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you everybody for watching. If you have any questions for Portia or if you wanna reach out in any way, uh, we have some additional information in the uh, description below. Thank you so much for watching and don't forget to like and subscribe and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.